everyone. Welcome to episode 28 of the Generic Gaming Podcast.mp3, the podcast where we talk about a new game every single week. My name is Logan Myrie, and as always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host and sound engineer, Eric Krauss. So I had a really weird dream last night, and I'm going to go into it in full detail right now. All right, let's hear about it. <laughs> so I so for some reason I went to Italy. Like I don't I don't know why. I was just in Italy. Like it, I was just there and I was at this really fancy hotel. And like I checked in and like it was like this old dude behind the counter. I don't know. He looked like um who's the guy who plays Alfred in the Dark Knight series? Uh that Michael Caine. Oh, I'm Michael Caine. I'm Michael Caine. <laughs> that guy. And uh he looked like that, but it wasn't Michael Caine. And anyway, so I check out, I get like get my room key and stuff and I check out and like I'm heading to my room and instead of bags, I have like just a bunch of blankets and I, I don't know why, but I'm carrying all these blankets and like I walk through this door and like I just start hearing gunfire and stuff and I look down and I have two guns on me all of a sudden and for some reason, it was the AK-47 from Uncharted and the FAL-100 from Uncharted as well. And I'm like, why do I have these? And then, like, I hear, like, the, like, um, like, the anthem, no- or the, yeah, like, the anthem from, like, Apex. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm in a battle royale all of a sudden. Oh my God. <laughs> and so I hear all these gunshots, and I'm like, fuck, I don't want, like, I don't know the stakes at this point. So I'm just, like, avoiding and hiding at this point. And I ended up, like, parkouring up this, like, you know the scaffolding things they use when they, like, paint that, they, like, go up and down, like, they're kind of, like, elevators, but, yeah, yeah, they, like, kind of folded and collapsed on themselves. So, like, I climbed up the top of that and, like, just kind of hid up there and was kind of just, like, sniping people from up there. And then also just, like, group of people just starts walking out, like, going through the door I walked into, into the hotel. And I'm like, I was shooting at them, but nothing was happening. And I was like, what? And they're like, we're, oh, we're not playing anymore. I'm like, that's an option. And then, <clears throat> so they leave, and I'm like, I guess I'm still playing. And then they, I see, like, the number up in the corner of a non-existent screen. <laughs> I don't know. And I see that there's, like, three people left. And I'm like, sweet, I'm, like, in the top, I'm in the top four at this point. And then all of a sudden, the number starts going up. I'm like, shit, why is more people coming? And so I just left and went back into the hotel. But at this point, it was now morning. And they were, like, offering breakfast. And I'm like, sweet, I'll go get the breakfast. And so I went to, like, go to the eating area. And, like, a lady stopped me. And she's like, no, you need to pay. I'm like, did I not already pay for it for my room? And I'm like, whatever, I'll go pay. And she's and then she, like, gave me the receipt. And it was, like, a $70 breakfast. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm in Italy. I'll spend the money. <laughs> and so I was trying to, like, swipe my credit card. But it was like, I, I'm like, does it have a chip? But she was speaking Italian or my brain's version of Italian. Anyway, I couldn't understand her. And I was trying to put my chip in this card reader, but it just wouldn't take it. And then my alarm went off and I woke up. Are you sure this isn't, like, an episode of Black Mirror or something? <laughs> I don't fucking know. It was just the weirdest shit. I just thought it was really weird that for some reason the guns my mind went to were the guns from Uncharted 2. <laughs> oh, man. Eric, I had a dream last night just about, like, drowning in paper because I have a lot of homework to do. I think that's just reality. I was yeah. in a dream. And uh, But, you know, I'm daydreaming about Endgame. We're seeing it tomorrow. Well, yeah, happy tomorrow Endgame when, day, everyone. Tomorrow as a recording, but to, you know, today as today as of it, when it's live. So happy Endgame everyone. I hope uh I'm so excited. I cannot Dude, wait. Dude, it's going to be ridiculous. <sighs> I don't I don't even know what to expect at this point. Like it's going to be bonkers. People are going to die. People are going to live. <laughs> Ant-Man's going to crawl up Thanos's ass. I saw my friend sent me this one that was like, what if Ant-Man grows and shoves Thanos up his ass oh, and that then could work shrinks? Too. Yeah, that could work too. <laughs> and then it was just ridiculous. Did you see Paul Rudd like talking about the theory? Like, yeah. He, like, acknowledged it? Paul Rudd and um, the guy who plays Thanos. What's his name? I don't know. Uh, uh, Josh Brolin. They're both they're both perpetuating this. Josh Brolin literally tweeted out a naked picture of Thanos, like from the back, <laughs> and there's been so many photoshops of Ant Man going in his ass. It's been ridiculous. Everyone, we have a great show planned for you. You know, we're gonna talk about things like the Polygon uh, Fortnite Crunch story, Persona Five Royale coming. We're talking about um, getting new switches. We're talking about MK11. It's a great episode. But before that. 
If you enjoy this show, if you've ever enjoyed this show, or maybe you think someday you'll enjoy this show, go rate us on iTunes, go share us with your friends, tell everyone about us, go subscribe to our YouTube channel, Late for Embargo, where uh, I've pretty much stopped posting our podcasts because we don't have any video, and it's kind of defeating the purpose, but at some point, we will have video. Let's get into it. In the news. New in the news. Do do do. I forget what that is every week. I need to just make the the song so I don't have to remember. This first story comes from Polygon, and uh, it is a report. How it's called how Fortnite's success led to months of intense intense crunch at, crunch at Epic Games. Can't read today. Um, I hate having to talk about this all the time, but it is a well. But we're going to. We're going to keep talking about it because it is a problem that's been plaguing the gaming industry forever. And uh, I feel like there's this... This story is interesting because I feel like there's this sentiment that, like, crunch comes from, like, struggle, like struggling to make a game. Like, you know, all the games, yeah. like, you know what I mean? But but Fortnite is massively successful, and they're rolling in money, and these workers are still crunching insanely. Yeah, I think often when we talk about crunch, it's usually because, like, a game, like like anthem comes out and it's bad and then everyone goes in to try to figure out why it's bad then it gets traced back oh the employees the creators of the game were treated badly and they're having to crunch 80 hours a week and stuff like that but like a game like fortnite easily the most successful game of the last 20 years and probably like the game of the decade and makes just hands over fist money and i think they even mention in here that once like one higher up person was like we just need more bodies. <laughs> yeah, basically. And it was crazy that, like, people were just getting fired because, like, they wanted a weekend. Like, because, like, they wouldn't, they wanted, like, the hours to go have a life and they would get fired because they wouldn't have, like, their package done or whatever. I think it's so, I thought it was strange. I don't know if this is, like, I don't really know anything about the workforce in the gaming industry, but is it normal to have, like, a lot of your workforce being contractors? Yeah, I think that's pretty normal. Because, I mean, even in the Uncharted article we're going to read, it has a lot of people that came and worked on Uncharted were just contract workers. I think that's really normal. That It's often that there's not enough pe- actual people that work for the studio and you need to hire, or you need someone specific that knows how to do a certain programming thing or something like that. Their uh, Epic's website, according to this article, currently lists more than 200 job vacancies. Yeah, that's kind of bonkers. So they, they've just been, like, upscaling, like, insanely mm-hmm. fast well i mean they have the money for it so i don't get why they shouldn't and i mean especially for a game like fortnite that they've been so good about rolling out content i guess to the detriment of their employees but i mean they've been good about getting feedback putting out patches and doing stuff like that that it's definitely it's not a i don't see any reason they shouldn't get more people to continue working on the game because I'm sure there's tons of people that would want to work on well, Fortnite and be like, hey, I worked on Fortnite. Well, one of the problems that, like, like when they were talking about um, the hotlines, whatever those are called, where, where people are calling in to, you know, talk about complaints or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they said that they just added, like, 25 people to that staff without any, like, way to train them, really. So, I don't, so I, adding more people is not always the answer, you know? Well, yeah, I guess I, you shouldn't be adding people that don't know how to do the work. And I guess, I don't know, yeah, I guess there's always more logistical things when you add more people is when you add more people, you need people to train those people. So then if you're taking someone's time to train those people, you're missing now on that position. So in the short term, it kind of hurts you. But in the long term, it will obviously be better because then you have those people and they'll be trained and know what to do. Just in the short term, it's going to hurt you because it's going to slow you down. But, I mean, in the end, we... People are working 70-hour work weeks, which is ridiculous, and that just can't be happening. I mean, yeah, and, like, upwards of that. Like, it's nuts. Mm-hmm. It's And and it, it's, it's crazy because it's, like, there's not even a finish line here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Fortnite is just continuing. They're putting out patches every week. They're adding new stuff constantly. Yeah. I don't mean – I don't have the solution. If I did, I'd be much richer not doing this podcast, so – yeah, I mean, Some, I don't... Anyway, I guess we just need to keep talking about it until someone comes up with a good solution. Or, like, maybe, I think... I think uni- unionizing would be unionizing huge. Unionizing would be huge. It would. I mean, it would actually help the people that work for it. So, definitely, I think that's a major way to go, and people need to start doing that. Or, I think uh, angry game boys need to stop being so angry and let <laughs> the games you want, like, let them take time to have their lives, to, and then they can come back and make a better game for you. 
<sighs> yeah, I don't know. It's a like like we said, it's a very complicated issue. Neither of us have an answer, but I everyone should go read the story. We should know about these things when they're happening and we're going to keep talking about it and I hope something is done to be to address this. Yeah. We'll keep bringing it up until we come up with a solution that we can get rich off of. This next story, a little bit more positive. Uh, this comes from IGN's Matt Perslow, and that is Persona 5 Royale, an expanded uh, re-release of Persona 5, will launch later this year in Japan and with a Western release in 2020. This is awesome. I love Persona, despite never beating it. I really want to beat it, especially keep with all this Persona news and Joker being in Smash, it's like made me want to go back and play Persona so bad and go back and beat it. Maybe that could be one of the things we stream this summer. That'd be kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, maybe it will be, because I'd love to freaking beat that game, especially so... Uh, this story, I think out tomorrow, I guess, is we'll hear about Persona 5S. And so maybe tomorrow will be a little late. But hopefully the Persona 5S is the Switch news. And that'd be awesome. Because Persona 5 on the Switch would be the best thing ever. Because then I could just play it all the time, everywhere I go, no matter what. Yeah, I don't, Persona 5 like just strikes me as a game that I would love to have on the go. Mm-hmm. And I just don't. I can't imagine sitting down to play it like on my PS4 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's such a big and long game that you need it. To, it's hard to sit down for six hours and play a game, unless you like you're like me and Mortal Kombat, and we're talking about the podcast and it comes out two days before or like a day before we record. Then I'll sit down and beat the whole thing in one night. But like Persona Five, that's just impossible. The game's 150 hours long, just as is. Like even if you streamline it, it's still gonna be like a 90 hour long game. Yeah, and how so, insane is it that they're releasing a new version that's just more Persona Five? That's already a fucking insanely. Long yeah, so game. that's awesome that Royale is just the same game with an extra semester and like a new character. Like it's an upgraded version, and on the it has it's like optimized for uh, PS5 or no uh, PS4 Pro, and uh, will be in 4K which is sick because the game already looks beautiful and that game in 4k is just sick like i want to get a 4k monitor just so i can see it in 4k but i also need a pro which is like not gonna happen yeah at this point it's like (laughs) the the next generation's coming yeah why do it but i mean ps5 will be in 4k it's still worth it Plus, hopefully, they'll port this over to PS5, which would be awesome well it's gonna be backwards compatible oh yeah exactly holy shit that's true also so yeah, I'm definitely getting I'm getting with the uh, 4K monitor with this game. It was backwards compatible. We sick. Get it in full 4K, and I'll beat it a third time maybe. Unless it's on Switch, that's the problem. See, if it comes to Switch, I'm just always gonna play it there, and I'll just deal with the lower resolutions. Cause the game, the Switch runs really well, which is kind of crazy too. Cause like Mortal Kombat 11, really kind of. I mean, the game's gorgeous. We'll get into it. But, like, it still runs really well on Switch. It runs at 60 frames on Switch. Oh, are you Switch. playing it on Switch? No, I'm playing it on PS4. But, like, I've seen, like, it runs at 60 frames on Switch. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, like, it keeps up with the uh, other consoles and PC. Well, not really PC, because PC, you could probably optimize your game and get up to, like, 120, 140 frames. But, like, it, I mean, Switch is keeping up with the, the big boys. Yeah, it's interesting, because we always talk about, you know, the power of the hardware, mm-hmm. but... Like, if anything's on Switch, that's where I'm going to play it. I, you yeah, know. it's kind of crazy. Like, before, it was always, like, Nintendo always seemed like the console that was behind in power. And they still kind of are to an extent. But, like, with the Switch, they realized that power isn't what you need to be the best console. <laughs> like, I mean, I guess PS4 proves that also because, like, the Xbox One X is the most powerful console right now. But it's it was too late and PS4 sold way more than it. But, like, the Switch is doing so well just because of the portability of it. And, and the games. Awesome. And the games. Like, yeah. We're, we're at the point where, like, the Vita was awesome, mm-hmm. but it didn't – it died very quickly, as yeah. we saw. But, like, we're at the point where it's, like, mobile is not – it's we're not sacrificing quality yeah. to play anything on the Switch, really. Yeah. And, like, yeah, like you said with the games, like, we're getting great Nindies – uh, and we're getting AAA games. Like, I never would have thought I'd see a Mortal Kombat game on a Nintendo console. Or, or Doom or, or Wolfenstein 2. Like, I can't believe those yeah. games run, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just unbelievable. And I I can't wait just for Persona 5. It'll be sick. Hopefully it comes out on Switch because it'll, be, it'll look good there, and I really want to beat the game. I need just, that would, if it's on Switch, I could take it everywhere and play it everywhere. For sure. 
this next do this next news story not really a news story more just uh, an interesting thing you should read this come fr- this comes from Kotaku's uh Forest Lastman and it's uh where are Uncharted 2's developers today and it's just kind of an interesting look back at that game who made it and uh kind of where they are now there's this cool kind of graph that shows there's like, a lot of graphs well, there's this graph that shows games worked on after Uncharted 2 by, like, the, a certain number of the developers. And it's, like, stuff all across the industry. Uh, a lot of Sony stuff. So, like, God of War 3. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. Kill, you, Killzone. You that. Bloodborne. Resogun. Horizon Zero Dawn. Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. Beyond Two Souls. Oh, my just, God. Mag's in there. Do you Did you play Mag? No, I actually didn't know what that game was. Mag stood for Massive Action Game or something. like. I think it was Game. Or, like... I don't know, but it was basically, it was like Battlefield where it's just like a ton of people. I think it was like a hundred, maybe it was a hundred. That sounds like way too many for the time this game came out. So maybe it was like 50 people would basically be dropped into a map and then it'd be like a a team of 25 and another team of 25. And like, I had so much fun in that game just because it'd be a huge, massive map and you go around and you just like be killed. Like there were objectives, certain things you could do to win. So you could either like get a certain number of kills or you could like take the enemy's base and like you'd have to to take the enemy's base you'd have to like complete certain like accomplishments and like there's so many different loadouts you could have in that game and it was just fun to mess around but eventually the servers went down because just not enough people played it but it was super fun wow yeah i never saw this game looks cool yeah it was fun r.i.p mag yeah, so basically, I don't know. I, di- I didn't want to get too into it. I just feel like that's kind of a uh, – everyone go read it. It's a cool story. I love, yeah, I love doing stuff. It's really cool, and I think one of the kind of unintentional things that come across in this article is it kind of tells you a lot about the different types of things that goes into creating a game. Because, like, some people just do one thing. Like, the I think the first one, the guy only worked on the uh, building collapsing scene. Like that's what he worked on. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it said that he was like he was like pretty fresh out of school. Yeah, and and then they just threw him in there, and like that's like one of yeah, the he huge made one seminal of the, parts. Yeah, one of the biggest set pieces in that game. But like that's all he did is make that one piece. So it's kind of cool, like look into the fact that like there's a ton of people that make these games because it takes a ton of people just to do like one thing in these games. Like the other guy just went in. I I think he was like a programmer and his job was to like make the trees work on PS3 or something. Yeah. Because like the PS3 was notoriously hard to program for. And so like he figured out a way to program it. So like, like a hundred trees could be swaying in the wind and not tax the PS3. Just to clarify, he did do more than just the the building. It said he continued to work on major moments in the Naughty Dog games, including the cargo plane. Oh, wait, yeah, wait, that's a different game. So maybe he really just did work on that one part. Well, he was like a programmer dude, so he helped optimize the code for PS3 because it was like super hard. Oh, yeah, I I was talking about the the building guy. Oh, okay. Cool. I don't know. It's cool. It's a good look at all the people that helped make the game, and it's one one of the best games Honorable mention on our top ten list, I think. Um, <laughs> I don't remember. No, Uncharted Four, I think was. I, Uncharted Four made the list. Did Uncharted Two get a mention? No, whatever. Well, we did that whole we debate, debate, and you yeah. and and we kind of determined that Uncharted Three was the better game. Oh yeah, for sure. Highly contentious. Yeah, that's why we did the debate. <laughs> but Uncharted Three is the better one. Go play it. Read this, the book. This next one comes from Sony Santa Monica's Twitter, and that is they're doing a documentary called god of war raising kratos and it's basically about the making of the new god of war the trailer looks sweet i'm super excited to watch this yeah um i thought i was kind of confused so this trailer dropped like a while ago or like at the beginning of the week right like april 20th yeah yeah, april 20th and then like uh yesterday or monday or something i saw i think it was like a game spot and it was like how one of the most important scenes of god of war almost didn't that's a happen. separate thing and i thought that w- yeah i know now i know that but like i thought it was this thing i'm like oh are they already dropping this and it's in parts i'm like oh no it was a different thing but that is also really cool and you should go watch that i think it's like on GameSpot. yep GameSpot, and they did a little interview with cory barlog about some spoilery things about god of war yeah well at this point it's a year later you should know. We've already done a whole episode about it, so we won't we won't get into it. But yeah, it was really cool, kind of how they did that, and you get some cool things about how they just didn't have enough budget to do some things they wanted to, and then how it ended up working better because yeah. it made it more serene. Yeah, he was like, sometimes it's like you want to do these grand things, and you kind of have to scale it down, and that ended up like working a little yeah. bit better. Oh, I, I think it just correlates with like a big philosophy in like filmmaking is if 
like filmmaking writing is like if at first you want to go right go left instead where it's like he wanted a lot of to be people but like he couldn't afford it and so it worked out much better because it like you kind of would expect in a god of war game there'd be tons of fighting and stuff happening around but the fact that it just was all pulled away in that scene and made it super quiet and just a tight moment with kratos like i think it made it way better oh yeah but back to this documentary i think it's I, I think there's some really cool stuff in there. Like specifically, you get some of the the capture of like the mocap, yeah, the motion capture of uh of the kid and the 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 Kratos actor, and they're like in each other's faces, and it's like really mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can see their performances, and like man, their performances came across great in the game, but like actually seeing them in the mocap doing this like the acting, it just I don't know, maybe it's just more relatable because you're actually seeing humans do it, but it just seems really intense. Cause I uh, not to go back to that GameSpot thing again, but I he does talk about how the actor I can't remember his name for Kratos was like I need to take a break because how like real the moment was. Yeah, he was like <laughs> it's really like emotionally yeah draining just draining and so like this is man I can't wait to see this documentary just because that little like five minute video I just got so much from and so I can't imagine what I, I imagine it'll be like an hour documentary fifty minutes long I just can't imagine the things we're gonna see. They showed that. um. A clip from the reveal trailer at that that Sony. I don't remember what year that was. Twenty sixteen, yeah, maybe. Probably. It sounds uh, right. And uh, it was the one where they had that whole orchestra, mm-hmm. and it was like one of the Year of Dreams ones. Yeah. And God, man, I'm like actually very bummed out that they're not going to be at E3 this year. Yeah, it kind of sucks. But uh, I mean, I got chills when they pulled that E3 thing up. Like I already watched the documentary, and we watched it or like the trailer, and then we watched it again before recording and like i got chills again like every time that happens i got chills because i remember watching that e3 i'm like holy shit they're bringing god of war back and he's got sun yeah what a cool moment where he kind of emerges from the shadows and he's like i am hungry yeah it's funny though in the way that trailers cut it looks like people are cheering that he's hungry oh yeah (laughs) but like ah it was just such a good moment e3 man that's what i'm saying like it actually it kind of bumps me out that e3 seems to be kind of like changing a little bit like mm-hmm. it's kind of it to me it's kind of seems like it's on the decline yeah and uh i just love those special like hype ass moments and i understand there's a lot that goes into doing that kind of stuff and it's not always like i don't know it's like it's usually them making a lot of promises that maybe they're not gonna keep for like a long time yeah but like just just that get hype you know the get hype gatorade moments are yeah, so good they're so good and they just give you chills and then then two years later the game comes out and it's not doesn't look like what it was at the e3 but whatever you still get the fun at e3 <laughs> all right uh it was kind of a slower news week so that's basically all we got yeah but uh, avengers week kind of pushed every video game news story aside Let's talk about a we got a hot topic sponsored one day by Hot Topic, and that is uh, there's some rumors of some new Switch version or some new Switch hardware, you know, some some iterations. Uh, it seems like the one that everyone's saying is going to release this year is more of a like a not I don't want to say smaller, but like downgraded version, like a, a more accessible, like probably cheaper version of the Switch. Yeah. Um, and then there's some rumors about a more like powerful hardware coming in the future. Mm-hmm. And so I guess the hot topic is, do you care about a new Switch? Would you get one? What would you want from a new Switch? So obviously the first thing I'd want is more power, just because then you could run games better and run more games, honestly. Could maybe like run just like crazy big open world games, you know, that just take a ton of processing power. But like I also would want, I don't maybe a bigger, f- self, I don't know how to do it, but my Switch runs so hot when it's in the dock. And, like, I just figure out a way maybe to get a bigger fan in there or a more efficient fan. But, like, even, like, my PS4 runs super hot. And that fan is sounds like a jet fucking engine about to take off. And so, I don't know. The big thing is more power for a Switch. And, like, I th- we briefly talked about m- more about, like, what would get you to buy it. And I also mentioned more power there. Uh, but I think also maybe better Joy-Cons. Better Joy-Cons? Better Joy-Cons. Because Joy-Cons right now, they're just so unergonomic. What's the term for un- There's a term for not not, or- not or- ergonomic. Wow, that word's yeah, hard to say. Yeah, that's not a great word, huh? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what the word is. But I, re- I don't know. I, I feel like the Joy-Cons kind of do their business. If I'm doing anything other than handheld mode, I'm playing with my pro controller. Yeah, but I like... 
I know there, there's like those attachments you can get for Joy Cons that make them more like a actual kind of controller. You know what oh, I'm so saying? Oh, so more like a grip, like a like better a, grip. Yeah, have like something because like if I play in handheld mode for, I guess it depends what I'm playing. So when I play, I've been playing a lot of Smash in handheld mode, going through and just getting a bunch of the spirits and playing a lot of Joker since he came out. And Smash is you're moving your hands a lot because it's a fighting game, and like after a while, like my thumb really cramps up because I'm having to move. Like the tiny buttons to the joy uh, to the Joy-Con, like or uh, joystick on the Joy-Con, like it's just, and plus they're they're so thin. Like I have pretty long hands, and so like having to move that kind of just cramps my hands up and gives me carpal tunnel. So some some meteor Joy-Cons. Yeah, some meteor. But like I want like you remember when like uh, rumors for like the Move Two for like PlayStation came out and it was like. It was uh like the it was a DualShock 4 that split in half. Oh, that'd be dope. Like I want just a DualShock 4 or uh, better yet, like an Xbox controller just split in half that hooks on to the Switch. Like it's an actual two controllers that just hook on to it. I'm going to st- take a step out of Dreamland here for a second. Right. Out of out of <laughs> out of whatever <laughs> crockpot thing you're making Cause, and, and I'm going to be a little bit more, more realistic here. Uh the thing that's coming this year I don't care about. I feel like that's oh, more yeah, for that's more for it. it's lowering the price points, getting more people into the Switch. Um, it's you know if you want to add another Switch into your home for your kids or whatever, mm. that's totally cool. I understand the purpose of that. Not for me. Yeah. As far as a more powerful Switch goes, my concern with that is I don't think that Nintendo is going to do anything crazy because I don't think that they're going to want to split that like you know you know when the new Nintendo 3DS came out and there was like this game can only be played on the new Nintendo 3DS because it's got the C-Stick or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel like kind of upping the processing power so much that, like, certain games couldn't run on a base Switch seems weird to me, like a weird move, and maybe not something Yeah, I guess that's true. I wouldn't really want that. I think it'd be sweet if it's kind of like an Xbox One X type deal where it's like, the game runs on the Xbox One, but it's better on the Xbox One X. You know what I mean? I feel like that's cool. I'd love to have 1080p handheld, something like Mm -hmm. that. Would you get it, though? Because you didn't get the Xbox One X. Uh, well, Xbox One X is five hundred dollars. That's uh, true. And my hope would be that a an improved <sighs> Switch would not be that crazy. I think it'd be cool too if, like, they sold the improved Switch like by itself. Like, yeah, without a dock. The, without the dock, and then it worked with your dock you have now. Or if it just was like, if it just worked like, it just gave you a cable that was USB C to HDMI. So you literally just plug in the USB C and it plug in at the other ends an HDMI. You could just plug into your TV. Yeah, so it's literally just a cord. As as other people have pointed out, I really I just don't know. I mean, it's literally called the Switch. Kind of the whole thing is that you can play it docked or you can play it in handheld. Yeah. And so I like the idea of of them selling it without a dock, but I almost feel like that kind of I, don't, I just don't know. I feel like that's kind of a weird move because then it kind of well, says, I think like, they could sell it. Like they sell two versions, one with a dock and one without a dock, and people who already have a dock get the one without the dock because you don't okay. need another one like the yeah. dock is universal works so it's for like, every switch wait the 3ds's didn't come with chargers because everyone already had the ds chargers i guess it's yeah. kind of a similar deal mm-hmm. there i don't i would i would like an improved switch i think that'd be cool i'd probably get rid of my new my the one i have now to get a better one but i i just don't i'd like to see what they're gonna do yeah it depends what they have because i mean mine i mean we say it all the time switch is our lord and savior like the switch is such a good it's console so good that it's so hard to imagine what they could improve on it for. Because it's so good. It nailed it. And I can't believe it. I still can't believe it. It's been two years. God, what a good console. And that's what I'm saying. I don't even think I necessarily need... Like, I love. I want everything on Switch. Yeah. But I just don't see there being a huge difference in, like, a hardware upgrade that would make me be like, this is so much better than what I have already. Because, mm-hmm. I, like I said, I don't want them to kind of split the base where it's like, this game is for the new Switch. I don't know. So I, I just think it's I'm, – I'm like – I'm kind of – I understand what it's for. They need to iterate, sell more consoles and stuff, get those people in. But, like, I just don't know if it's for – I already have a Switch, and I'm in love with it. You what know what I mean? What if they release a Switch with an OLED screen? <laughs> I What is – what what's the big difference with these? It's just better color, yeah? Yeah, better color, truer blacks. Okay. Big. So it looks – you get you get more of an HDR kind of effect with it. But it sucks battery. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. See, that's the OLED uh, Vita, which was the originally released Vita, and the just LCD Vita. LCD? Yeah. 
LED? I don't, I don't remember. I'm getting too many letters in my head now. But, like, the battery difference was just insane. <laughs> like, the OLED just sucks because it takes so much more, like, power to push through, like, the light on this, like, the light through the screen because it's getting a lot more. And it just would drain your battery. Yeah. And the Switch battery already drains pretty quick. That's a big well, thing. Yeah, I'd I like, guess it depends on what you battery. play. When I'm playing, like, Breath of the Wild, yeah, it's killing it pretty fast. But I, yeah. I haven't had too many issues with, like, I feel like I can go on a pretty long, like, car ride, a plane ride. It lasts the whole time. Oh, Pokemon Let's Go murders it. Smash murders it. Uh, smaller games like Hollow Knight, I could play for hours. That game's fine. Yeah, I, so I, I guess I guess it would depend. If, if the if the smaller, cheaper, or whatever, I don't want smaller. If the, if the cheaper version of the Switch is, has better battery or something, maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But I, I don't see there being an upscale and better battery. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the coolest thing about the Switch is that literally any USB-C charger works with it. Yeah, like, I didn't realize that until, like, a couple... I, I guess I never put it together that it was just USB-C. Yeah. So I didn't have my charger, and I was like, oh, wait, I could just use my laptop charger. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Well, like, I realized it, too, one day, because I didn't grab my charger, and I'm like wait, my Mac charger is USB-C. What if I just plug this in? I pl- I'm like, this isn't going to work. Because, like, if you pl- use any Sony products, Sony products don't work with any other product. Like, it uses micro USB for, like, a controller charger. But if you don't use, like, a Sony plug-in for the micro USB, it won't charge your controller. That's one of the most frustrating it's things. I've so Because I don't have a super long USB cord. And so yeah. I've tried to use them. And I'm like, it doesn't fucking work. Yeah, it's so dumb. Like, if I plug my – if I'm using the PlayStation cord – for charging my controller, but I plug it into my PC, it doesn't charge the controller. I have to plug it either into my PlayStation or my PSV to charge a brick for a USB thing, which is the dumbest thing ever. So when I was like plugging my Nintendo thing and I'm like, this is not going to work. It's a Mac charger. It's not going to work for the Nintendo product. And it started charging. I'm like, holy shit, they did it. God, I love <laughs> Ubiquity. It's so, like, it's so nice. Apple doesn't even do that. Like, fucking make their stupid lightning cables. Like, fucking need a dongle for every goddamn thing. Dude, I, I hate... That's, like, my number one complaint about my Mac is that, like, it's just got these two dumbass USB-C things. I have, like, I, four dongles that yeah. I need to just be productive. <laughs> like, <laughs> I hate... I, I understand the purpose. They want to sell the things. Yeah, they want to But I hate propriety, like, in, in, in tech. It's so annoying, dude. Yeah, it's I, the worst. I want to carry around, like, one charger that just does everything. Yeah. Makes me want to get an Android, but I'm too great at Apple. Me too. I understand. I understand. People are like, oh, I love my Android. Whatever. It's cool. It's all you. But, like, I can't. I, it's, I'm too in. I'm yeah. too far in. I have two Macs, an iPad, an Apple Watch. <laughs> like Some AirPods. AirPods. <laughs> Apple owns me. <laughs> I can't get away now. I'm stuck. ba 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 bum ba bum 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 ba da da ba dum Games of the show. A little bit, uh, what a little higher register there. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying Change. to, I'm remixing it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I said games of the show because I want to quickly talk about this game I played over Easter weekend called Katana Zero. Katana Zero is not what I thought it was. I had seen a lot of people on Twitter buzzing about it, and I was like, hmm, I don't know if that's for me. I, I thought it was going to be more like a, like a Ninja Gaiden mega man kind of thing where i'm running through these levels i'm a ninja whatever 2d ninja guy yeah not 3d ninja guy were there yeah, yeah there's yeah. 3d ninja guy games but those games are not like mega man at all so that comparison when you put that in the docker live like ninja Gaiden and mega man aren't the same at all i'm like oh he means 2d ninja yeah Gaiden. i don't know i don't even i mean i don't i haven't really played those games a lot but i, yeah. I thought that's kind of what it was uh and katana zero is much more like like kind of a, a 2d side-scrolling hotline miami yeah where it's the, it's these like kind of bite-sized levels and every you you get one hit you're dead they get one hit they're dead everyone and so it's kind of like it almost plays like a puzzle game mm-hmm. where it's like you're kind of trying to figure out what's the route that I need to go to do this and then you know you got to be reflexes enough to do it and it's dope it's like actually I think I I'm just going to say this like I think it's my favorite game of the year so far cuz I haven't played a lot of the other things that I've like yeah there's not a lot of new games out yet that we've played and it's it's got this really dope story and it's got actually like a pretty deep uh like conversation uh system so it's like you you can like someone will, like the, your boss will call you mm-hmm. and you always have the option to just like hang up on him or oh, you can say cool. or you can kind of interrupt them and say something and then like that actually I've been replaying the game cuz I played through it once it's probably 5 hours long yeah um and I was like oh I I think there's there's two I think there's two endings so I I jump back in on my I want to get the second ending and there's like some secret boss or something so I'm jumping back in and it's so much fun it's so much fun to play 
it's got this cool thing where your main character is like he has like precognition so it's like every level is just basically you trying to figure out how to beat the level and that's your that's your character like seeing into the future mm-hmm. and then when you actually do it it plays this like vhs tape thing where it's like you actually doing it and it's real oh, dude it's so cool eric you have to play this game yeah i'm gonna check it out because uh, i just beat mortal Kombat, so i'm gonna jump into that and check it out because it sounds really cool it's only 15 bucks like it's yeah. super cheap super cheap on the best console ever made and uh it's it's got short, it's too. got one of those things where I'm like this kind of feels like it it the only thing that I had to say about it was like oh I want more like I wish there was more to this game which, yeah exactly which is kind of a lot of indie games are like fuck this is so good I just want to keep playing yeah um and it and it kind of feels like there there might be more like like yeah they'll maybe release DLC or something yeah DLC or a, a second game or something um so yeah if, if Katana Zero is not on your radar I think it should be because I really think it's going to be one of those games that's going to squeeze its way into like the top that kind of the Maybe not the overarching like game, you know, game awards show like game of the year, but like I, it's gonna be on mine, I think. Okay, yeah, sick. Yeah, because I really like Hotline Miami, so this is definitely a game that's like right up my alley. Yeah, it's super beautiful, like all, beautiful pixel art. You're, it's like kind of funny too, where you're just like you're like a, a futuristic samurai in a bathrobe. Mm-hmm. I really like the time mechanic of it too where like you're not actually dying like yeah. he's just predicting like the moments yeah when you happen. die the whole thing rewinds and you try again like yeah. it's super cool i guess it's not really time right he's just like smart super smart you, well yeah it's like they call it precognition you're like taking these drugs oh okay and and so it's like it's got this really cool atmosphere you're learning all about this the, the society you know it's in the future these weird drugs sick all right let's get to our you know our main game of the show mortal kombat 11 so, yeah, Mortal Kombat 11 came out this week, Tuesday. I got it Monday night at 11 because we live in Wisconsin, so it works out like that. Um, I th- there's a lot to talk about with this game, so I'm going to kind of break it up into two parts with the story and the gameplay. So we'll start with story because the story of Mortal Kombat, do you know anything about the Mortal Kombat story? Um, I played and beat X. Okay. So, kind of. So, you're really confused? You have no yeah, idea what's going on? I don't really on. know what's going on. So, throughout Mortal Kombat from 1 to 11, it's super convoluted. There's a lot of timey-wimey stuff that happens. And, like, it just gets... It's really convoluted. There's a lot of characters, a lot of separate storylines for each character that kind of intertwine and interwind with each other. Anyway, a lot of stuff happens. And, basically, what 11 does is Days of Future Past this game. Where it erases all the other games before it, you know? And kind of, it resets the timeline, basically. Literally. I guess spoilers. But our show is full of spoilers. You should know that already. So it resets the timeline. Like, the little game ends and you're at the beginning of time. And, like, uh, Liu Kang is now a god. Do you know who Liu Kang is? Yeah. Yeah. uh, The Bruce Lee, right? Yeah, Bruce Lee. Is that that who he's supposed to be? Yeah, he's really inspired by Bruce Lee. Like, literally. That's why he does all the wah! And has nunchucks and stuff. Okay. Uh, anyway, he becomes a god because Raiden fuses with his soul, and uh, they kill Kronika, who's like this elder god that can is like the seer of time or whatever, and creates time and pasts and histories and all that stuff. Super convoluted, like I said. But anyway, they're at the beginning of time, and it basically resets the whole timeline. So I'm interested to see what they'll do for like Mortal Kombat 12, if it will even be 12, or if it'll just be Mortal Kombat and they'll start over. Let's slow down here for a second. Where does this start off? You're, you're, it's MK11. Where do you start? What's where? Where do we? Where you know? Where does? What's our opening shot here? Okay, so I'm trying to remember where MKX ends. But anyway, so you start up as Cassie Cage, and you're going through, and you go do this mission. So at MKX ends. I don't remember if MKX ends with Raiden being evil and taking Shinnok's uh, amulet. I can't remember. But anyway, Raiden has Shinnok's amulet. And it kind of corrupts him because Shinnok's like this god of darkness. And this amulet's full of dark power, basically. And it make, basically makes uh, Raiden super powerful, but he like has become a corrupt over overlord ruler, kind of like Superman. I was going to say Superman and Injustice. Saint, yeah, basically literally like Superman and Injustice, where he's become kind of this overlord ruler kind of dude. But he, he's like trying to keep the peace at all costs, and he's doing it at a dark, dark way. And so uh, Raiden enlists the help of Cassie Cage. Uh, and Jackie Briggs and Sonya Blade, uh, and they go do this mission to go destroy Shinnok, like, go, like, blow up this ca- Shinnok's castle, which is the source of Revenant Liu Kang and Revenant Katana, and, like, their power, and he's, like, cause, and they live in Nether Realm, where, like, the dark stuff happens, and Lu- or, uh, Raiden's trying to get rid of all this stuff. 
And uh, so they go there. Sonya Blade ends up dying. Her whatever. Cast Cage is upset. And then Kronika shows up after they kill the castle to Revenant Liu Kang and Revenant Katana and basically rewinds everything they did and it's like enlists their help. And so throughout this whole thing is Kronika's Raiden has altered the timeline to such an extent because he's an immortal. He exists outside the laws of man and physical time, you know? Okay, yeah. So, like, she's trying... He's actually... This is why it's super super hard to explain. Uh, So, in... I think after Mortal Kombat, Shaolin Monk's Armageddon happens, or maybe after Deception. Whatever the one where Onaga shows up uh, after that game. I think that's Deception Onaga shows up. No, Deadly Alliance is where Onaga shows up. Oh my god, you're losing me so fast. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this really bad dude shows up, and then Armageddon happens, which Armageddon is basically a a force that happens. This pyramid shows up, and this evil guy Blaze shows up, and he basically, his entire purpose is to rebalance the universe. They, or the realms, I guess, and that's what it is in Mortal Kombat. And what happens is Shao Kahn, the ruler of Outworld, wins and kills uh, Blaze, who is, and then gets all of Blaze's power and becomes super powerful. And so Raiden sends a message to his past self saying Shao Kahn needs to win. And then in that event, uh, Raiden accidentally, I don't know if it's accidental or on purpose, but he kills, ends up killing Liu Kang. And to like let Shao Kahn win so that future events Armageddon doesn't happen and Shao Kahn doesn't become all powerful, and so Karanika needs to like she wants to she hates Raiden basically and is trying to create a timeline that doesn't allow Raiden to exist and basically be a perfect timeline for all the she I'm pretty sure is just lying to all the people she has a- asking to help her because like it just doesn't seem like she can make a perfect timeline for all these people, but uh, so. The whole thing basically is centered around getting rid of Raiden, and it, so in the, right in a way in the beginning we get get rid of like evil Raiden and past good Raiden shows up, and like throughout the game events lead up basically to the point where Raiden and Liu Kang still have that fight because Kronika kind of willed it to always happen because she needs it always to happen because if Liu Kang and Raiden are both alive she loses. And so she, it always happens in all the timelines that Raiden and Liu Kang fight each other and Raiden kills Liu Kang. But in this one, different, because it's the, the video game about it. And Raiden, and Raiden snaps out of it, doesn't kill Liu Kang, and then they team up to go fight her. But she's like, shit, I need them dead. So she ends up capturing Liu Kang. Revenant Liu Kang absorbs Liu Kang's soul to become more powerful. And then Revenant Liu Kang fights Raiden. Raiden is like, no, I don't want to kill you. I want to save you. And then he fuses his soul to Liu Kang. And Liu Kang becomes a really badass fire god Liu Kang. <laughs> Does all of this make sense when you're playing? Yes. So... I gave a lot more backstory to try to explain it, but I'm pretty sure I made it way more complicated. Oh, yes. This is- the, the actual gameplay, if you're just going from point A to point B in this game, it makes more sense. Like, the story itself makes more sense. It makes a lot more sense when you know the history of the games. And, like, I've been playing Mortal Kombat since Shaolin Monks, which is, like, I think the fourth game in the series or the fifth. And, like, I so I have a ton of this backstory. And uh, so it just made it. It makes a lot of sense in my head, but I don't I don't think I explained it well. But I mean, what I want to point out is that the story is cool and a lot of things happen and I there's a lot of I feel very inspired moments from different things like uh I f- the there's a final battle when you go to storm Kronika's keep to stop Kronika when a uh, Lu-, Lu Kang is fire god Lu Kang and it's very Avengers-esque because like it's basically very big CGI war of a lot of NPCs fighting other NPCs. For sure. And you get kind of the Avengers moments where you're kind of circling through the heroes. Like, you circle through Cassie Cage, Jackie Bridge, Jack, Jackie Briggs, Jax Briggs, and um, uh, Sonya Blade fighting, like, all alongside each other, killing all these people. And then you get, like, the more powerful people, like... Um, Ah, fuck. Uh, Like, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, who, like, are taking out bigger waves of enemies because they're more powerful and they're not just, like, mortals. And then you get, like, you know the moment in Infinity War and Thor basically crashes down and just wipes out a ton of people? You get that moment with uh, Fire God Liu Kang, who just goes up and comes down as a fucking meteor and just, like, wipes everything out and is, like, super fucking badass. And he's just, like, obliterating people. So it's this super epic moment that happens. And, like, there's a ton of just kind of epic moments in this story where... 
I feel like they've been very inspired by a lot of the Marvel stuff. Okay. And God of War too, but we'll get to that. They like they literally strip straight rips of the stuff out of God of War for the crypt, which I thought was kind of funny. Wait, I want to now. I want to know what's this God of War business? Okay, so that's pretty much all I have to say about the story. So yeah, we'll go into the. So crypt. it's good. It's good. Is oh, it like Injustice story- good? Yeah, I think so. It's just a little bit more convoluted than Injustice, where Injustice you have you have the understanding of the DC heroes, so it yeah, makes okay, a little bit more, more sense. sense. Uh, but like, if you know Mortal Kombat history, then the story is really good, and I think the story by far my the best part about this game. Like the story alone, if you have six dollars to spend, like that, the story is worth it. I mean, but if you like want to wait for the game to be cheaper than just so you can play the story, then that that makes sense to me too. All right, and so uh, do you know anything about the crypt? Like, did you go into the crypt at yeah, all? Yeah, the like- crypt was. Here's the thing: I used to play Mortal Kombat uh, with my friends in high school. Yeah, and we would always go into the crypt, and I hated it because there are all these fucking spider jump scares. Oh yeah, so <laughs> MKX has a lot of jump scares. It's in first person. Uh, for MK11, uh, it's now in third person. It's literally the same camera angle of God of War when you're using the axe, and you get Shao Kahn's hammer, and it it's straight the animation of how uh kratos puts the axe on his back and takes it off on his back oh really like straight up it has the little hook too you know like the little u hook it's just not the omega symbol like it is in god of war but it's a little hook that he puts it on (laughs) pulls it off and it's like the same exact camera and i was just laughing to myself because they straight ripped this from god of war which is fine i think i mean not like god of war owns like the rights to that animation or anything but i just thought it was so funny so mechanically how how does this game differ from past uh, NetherRealm games, Injustice, Mortal Kombat, etc.? So Injustice Two and MKX were, I say, faster to me, a lot faster, and I think they. I like those games better. I like the gameplay better. This game, to me, it they slowed it down, and I hate using the word term casual, but I feel like they made the game a lot more casual. Like yeah, like I feel in in Injustice Two. Like, if someone's good and someone sucks, there's going to be an outright just just steamrolling. Like, if I like if I were to play you in Injustice 2, I'd just beat you down and you'd maybe get a few hits on me because you could do long combo strings in Injustice 2. And so, you can't... There's no combo strings in... Uh, or, like, there's no true combo strings, I should say, in MK11. So, I can't just really beat you down the whole time. So, you can't juggle me for... Yeah, I can't just juggle you, and you won't be able to get a hit in. You'll feel like you're doing nothing. Like, it's much more of a footsies game, I feel, in this, where it's a lot of back and forth. You're waiting for your opportunity to go in and hit them, and then you kind of do a combo and get them, and then you kind of step back, come back in. It's a lot. It's more of the footsies game. It's a lot more zoning in this game, too, I feel. So, it's overall, the combat feels just way slower to me, and it took me a really long time to get used to. I'm still not totally used to it. One of the other things I it took me what as I'm still not used to it is there's now a dedicated block button as R2 instead of before it's always just away you hold away to block and like so that just breaks my fucking brain that's R2 especially because I mean the last 2D fighter game I played was Fighters yeah which is and bag which as is well. which is Super Dash to R2 and oh yeah yeah and in that game you train your brain to not in the beginning you hit r2 all the time to super dash but if you like start playing ranked a lot in fighters you have to train your brain out of hitting super dash because otherwise they'll just down heavy you all the time and stop your super dash and so like my brain is just so trained not to hit r2 now and now i have to train it again to just be able to block but that's just minor complaining for me because i'm not good at going from a different fighter like fighting like fighters is more capcom style fighting where it has half circles and stuff like that and it's a three team whereas uh mortal kombat's like a point combo system where it's down left not instead of down half circle left you know anyway combat just a lot slower and you don't have you know how in justice they you had supers basically when your meter is full you could do your super yeah in this game, uh, your meter now starts at full, and instead of being like a meter to super your moves, uh, well, institute do like supers when you're full. Now you use your meter more as you can now buff your defense as well as buff certain attacks or like give energy to it. I think or no, it's it's amplify is what they call it in the game. So you can amplify defense and you can amplify attacks, and they do certain things for certain situations. But when you get to 30, this is what something I hate. Like, it's just dumb. Because it, it 
it basically makes it if you're winning you can't like finish them in a flashy style because like if you're like really beating someone up you could just kind of troll them and do a super at the end which you didn't need to do a super but you can do it and it kind of just feels cool and satisfying yeah but in this game once the other person as or once your opponent or you are at 30 percent health you get what's called a fatal blow which is your l2 r2 ability and it basically is a way to even out the game so once you get to 30 percent health and it's super, it's ridiculously easy to land, so there's never a reason not to use it, especially because if you're at 30% health, you're probably losing, and it evens out the game and brings that person lower as well. And so, uh, if and even if you miss, which is another thing I don't like, if you miss and it doesn't register, uh, you you get it again in like another fi- once you lose another 15% health. So you can do it again if you miss. But it, what's nice is you only get it once a match. So if you do it the first round, you don't get it the second round. Or if you don't do it the first round, you get it the second okay. round. Okay. But it's still just a system that I found really annoying because, like, it just it makes it so if you're winning, you can't do anything kind of cool to finish them off other than once they're dead, you can do a fatality. And But I don't know. I just don't like – it just – I like feeling the power of when I'm good at uh, – like, good at – and put the practice in that I could just beat someone up. Now it just is more – like, if the person's doing bad, they can just easily tie me up with them with doing a fatal blow. Okay. Which um, is kind of lame. And then, I don't know, what was your question? I was just going to say, do you so do you think that this game will have kind of some legs in the fighting community? Do you think that people are going to take to it? I don't know. I thought, so I didn't play any of the beta stuff, and I thought this game was going to be really good because, like, Sonic Fox tweeted out that he was really liking it and stuff. But, like, as of lately, I've just, I've not seen, other than reviews, I haven't seen a lot of positivity. Yeah, I haven't really seen any buzz at all, like, on Twitter or anything. And, like, one of the major problems of this game, which is one of the, like, other, like, there's, like, three pillars of Mortal Kombat, which is playing online, doing the story, and then doing the combat towers. And in this game, they're called, like, Towers of Time or something like that. But they're literally, and I don't want to complain about them too much because Ed Boon did tweet it out that they're fixing them. But I just don't understand how they made it past QA to be where they are. Because some of them are literally impossible to do. Because, like, they have modifiers, which if you play them, modifiers aren't fun in a Mortal Kombat game. Unless it's, like, ran... They did it well, I think, in MK9 with the test your luck stuff. Because it it was more just goofy, like, fun things to do. In this game, like, there's literally just broken ass ones where... The whole time you're getting shot from across the screen by rockets or you're getting frozen. There's ones that I I haven't played but I saw online where the dude was literally like getting he was getting stunned, then shot by a rocket, then froze. You literally couldn't play it. It was unplayable because the modifiers just stacked in a way that y- you couldn't do anything to win. Okay. And so they transferred the gear system over from Injustice 2. You know, but except for in this game, it doesn't affect your stats at all. It's just it, oh, it's just it, cosmetic. It's entirely aesthetic. But and so like that's cool. But the best way to do it is to do the towers, and the doing the towers is like ripping your teeth out of your mouth. Like it sucks. It's not fun. And so I like doing the towers. That's what I spent a lot. That's how I spent a lot of my early time practicing before I go and play ranked is doing the towers to figure out the characters. Because plus I want to get like character endings too. And like I I'm playing Jade right now a lot. She's kind of my main because she's really fast and she's got her little pole thing which has a ton of reach. And so. Uh, I'm using her, and I she her default skin to choose from is her Revenant version, which is like her undead version, and it's just super ugly. And like she has another skin in the game, which is like more. She's wearing like a green hood robe thing, which like looks super badass. And so like I want that skin, but to go through and get it, I have to go through and do this tower. Which another thing about the towers is it costs gold to do. Oh, is it kind of a is it kind of like a pay to? Pay it's to kind do of it like then? a loot box situation where. It's not random like a loot box, but you have to pay to go in and do it. Like, you can collect gold other ways, but it takes a super long time. And, like, even things... Like, the gold system in the game is just janky as fuck. Like, uh, if you go in and do the crypt, all the crypts are just randomized items. Like, you, all the boxes. Like, it's not a box is a certain thing anymore. Like, like it used to be. Like, it's always... Every box is just random what you get. So, like, if I can't just go in and buy a certain box in the crypt to get jade skin i just have to open x number of boxes and hope i get lucky okay so there well, is some kind of gambling to, yeah. to win kind of thing yeah and so there's a lot of just dumb microtransaction stuff and like i mean i'm not a, i don't hate microtransactions when it's done well 
they just didn't do it well in this game. And, like, it just made me just wish that, like, we could just go back. I wish, like, the costume system could be, like, Smash Bros. Where all the costumes are unlocked for you and you could choose what you want. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Uh, I, how do you feel about some of the new characters? I saw, I don't really know their names, but I saw some new characters in there. They look cool. How do you feel about them? Uh, I think his name is Giras, who's Kronika's time minion, basically. He's pretty cool. His mechanics are fun. He's a fun character to play. He's very grapply, which you want to, like, grab the character a lot and throw him. Uh, he's kind of slow. He's a heavy hitter, which is kind of cool. And there's the collector in there. Uh, I don't know if he's a new character, though. I don't know if he was been in past games. I can't really remember. But he's fun. He's really fast. He's got four arms, and he throws a lot of stuff. Uh, I don't know who else is new, other like a, like a new character to the series. Oh, Frost is in there. Uh, I don't think she's new. She's been in other games, but she's kind of cool. She's really fast as well, kind of similar to Sub Zero, but um, uh, I don't think she she doesn't hit as hard. Like she doesn't do as much damage to her hits, but she hits faster. And her moves are super stylish. Like, oh, that's another thing is this game is freaking beautiful. Like, uh, which is a funny part in the story is, like, Injustice 2, like, a big thing going around was, like, the facial animations. And, like, so they improved even better on the facial animations in this game to the point where they would just do random close-up shots of a person's oh, to, like, face show off just to show off like it was funny because it just didn't make any sense dramatically but it was like holy shit this looks so good is is everyone back from like is everyone who's in mkx back no it's not it's not every like uh this has a different roster okay so like kenchi's not in this game what about the big dude you remember the big dude with the, like the the little person on their back you remember oh MKX? that guy's not i don't remember his name but he's not in i this always game. played as him uh yeah he's not in this game goro's not in this game there's a ton of characters that aren't in it scorpion in it scorpion's in it obviously <laughs> sub-zero's in it you get you can actually well i guess it's always the same version of sub-zero but you could play as uh you could play as nihon i think is or oh bihan or um master grandmaster hisashi i think is uh the now grandmaster of sub like uh the linkue i don't know too many names yeah this is but you can play as young sub-zero or like past sub-zero and current sub-zero now and then you could uh, you could obviously play as young scorpion and new scorpion or old scorpion is now baraka too. in there baraka is in there really? he wasn't in 10 oh hell yeah baraka is like a top tier character too right now because he wait he's the dude with the big arm swords yeah yeah the, oh, like did. uh the uh deadpool from yeah. wolverine origins blades uh yeah he's in there he's yeah he's like a top tier character just because he has so much reach and he's pretty fast uh Jade, like I said, back. I really like Jade. She's like I usually main Sub Zero, but he's a little slower in this game. Doesn't have as good of corner combos, which is what like Sub Zero's staple is usually. Uh, that's why I like him. But he doesn't. He's not like doesn't have those in this game. So I like I just moved away from him. But Jade's Jade's really fun. Uh, I play. I like Katana also. Oh, another big thing about this game. Speaking of Katana, is like the people look actually Asian now. <laughs> It's like they're actually getting like the representation that they should be like should have like all okay, the time. Okay, so they're not whitewashing. Yeah, they're not really white. I mean, they weren't really whitewashing before, but like the characters now look like they how they should. You know, it's I it was I feel like it was halfway there in like older games. Like in ten, it was like halfway there because like uh, the characters were kind of there, but like in ten, it didn't really have the only like Asian characters. I think were like Liu Kang and Kung Lao. And like they were, they were kind of there, but like now, you, like the full facial features in this game are they look how they should. Okay, which is so, super awesome. So yeah, because Mortal Kombat is supposed to be. Is there like, are they pulling from specific culture? Like like oh for yeah for sure. There's like especially because like uh the sh it's like the Shaolin monks and stuff. So they're okay. pulling from like Buddhist practices and stuff like that. So it's very Japanese centered and Chinese centered. Okay. Stuff like okay. That. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So so overall, it, this is a game you recommend. Yeah, it's worth it. For the story stuff, I guess I don't know. I don't know how much I'm gonna be playing this one. That's the thing. I think I like Ten a lot better, and I liked Injustice Two a lot better, just because they were faster paced. If you really like the story of Mortal Kombat, then yes, I'd recommend it because this has a great story. Uh, the online's fun. Combat's fun once you get used to it. But and I will see where towers are at because there's a patch coming. And hopefully they make it way easier and they fix the kind of microtransaction-y stuff. I'm, I'd give the game, it's like an average. It's an average. Seven and a half kind of thing? Yeah. 
It's good, but not great. It definitely needs improvements. I'm really interested to see if the fighting game community takes to this. If it has, yeah, we'll any. see how because it, where I, it's at. I feel like I'm not hearing anything like any buzz really. Yeah, I, I, it's kind of like it's kind of ridiculous because normally in these kind of games, like two days after it's out, there's just tons of YouTube videos of labbing characters and stuff like that. But because like there's no like true combo strings anymore, like there's just like nothing on YouTube right now. And I, it's only two days after the game, so maybe there'll be more soon. But usually, I mean, people are getting stuff up day one of lab stuff. And, like, even, like, I was go, trying to scroll through the subreddit to find, like, just better improvements to, like, how I can play and stuff. And, like, there's not even stuff like that. So I'm interested to see where it goes and how it takes off. But it's kind of shocking how quiet it is now after how a lot, like, it got so much buzz around it during the alpha and the beta stuff. And it's now just kind of seems really dead now that's out. All right, everyone. This has been the generic gaming podcast.mp3. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week when Ed Boone comes on to talk about how he tests all of the fatalities on real people before putting them in the game. Uh, anyways, we love you. Unless you suck, in which case we don't. And you should probably work on that. Have a good one.